You see, the greatest thing that a man or a woman of God can do is they can trust God more than their circumstances. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. We've been on a journey the last few weeks, and it's something called a journey of hope. See, God, God has promises. God has promises that he has made to us, but I venture to say that many of us are not living under those promises. Oh, we're living in them. We're not living under them. A couple years ago, I ministered in our Bible study class the difference between living in and living under. And there's a huge difference. And for the last three weeks, this has been a six-part series, but in the last three weeks, I've been talking about vision. How you can find your own vision. And today... What I want to talk about is how do you put it into operation. So I want you to pay attention to your notes. This is going to be, you know, very systematic because, it's, folks, it really isn't rocket science. It really isn't. Living for God's not as hard as we make it. It's frankly impossible. But if you will, if you will just... Give your life to Christ in faith. God will give you the ability to do everything he's called you to do. Let me talk to you. I just want to do something real quick. And I I brought this up because I didn't want to forget. How many have one of these things? Okay. Hopefully you're not like some of the people you see on Facebook and YouTube and stuff where they spend so much time. They walk into walls. They walk into fountains, they walk into people, they walk into all kinds. Hopefully that's not you. But one of the things that I have learned over the last few years is people live on these things, on these smartphones. I tell people humorously, what do you do when you have a smartphone and you're a dumb guy? Some of you wives missed a great place to say amen. (laughs) There's one brave soul here. I have a great computer knowledge wife, and she I just handed it to her, here, honey. Of course, if she's not there, I hand it to my grandkids, and they know all of it. So, But if you would take, I know Bob puts up there, 
Check, you don't put it up there right now, Bob. Just leave that up there. But check in on Facebook. Go to your check-in button. Mine works sometimes. Mine doesn't. And let people know where you're at unless you don't want to know, want them to know you're here. Okay? Let them know where you're at. Let them know that you're listening to God's word. Let them know that you're hearing. But then do something else. When it's all done, talk about it. Do you know how many people make their decisions of life based on what other people are saying on this instrument? You say, oh, no way. Way. Did I do that right? Was that young sounding? Way. Okay. That might be actually archaic too. That was back in the 90s, I think, when they would say way, when you would say, yeah. Anyway, check in. Check in on this thing. And, and, but, but talk about it. Talk about it. Because God says this in, in, in Isaiah. He says, my word, Isaiah 55, you can look it up. My word will go forth and accomplish what I have called it to do. It will not return void. You say, well, that's, Pastor, that's God's word. I'm putting my words. God will use your word to convey his word. So do that. Take a minute. Check in. This is the only time that it's legal for you to look at your cell phone while you're in church. Check in and then talk about. Talk about church. Talk about the worship service. Talk about what's going on. I think we, uh, did we have a thing up there about the, uh, about the trail thing this time, Bob? Okay. Uh, so what day, what, where, Pam, where are you at? Pam, there you are. What, is it today? Next Saturday, next Sunday? Three o'clock next Sunday. So you'll have time to go eat. Uh, as you saw the pictures, we sponsor on, on one of the trail heads or one of the trail areas of Flagstaff is the bridge that goes over right by Buffalo Park. It's in that area. Uh, and so we sponsor that, but every six months, every four months, four times a year, okay? Whenever Pam, stand up, Pam. Pam's in charge of this thing. So go, uh, and John, but John's fighting fires over in California, so we want to continue to pray for John. Uh, that's where he's been for the last how long? Nine days, eight days? He's been there a long time. And so uh, you need to pray for him. He's a firefighter, and he's over there, and... But uh, be a part of that and go. I know Pastor Philemon and, and Jane have been there. And, and I know that some other folks have been there. It takes literally minutes to get all the area cleaned. And it's a great, I know the, the, what, the Valenzuelas went there and they were out there. And you pick up the stuff that's out there, uh, which most people are gracious, so they don't do a lot. But uh, pick it up and, and it's just a great time, okay? And uh, just, just spend some time. It's next Sunday, 3 o'clock. People have been asking me about window stickers for the car. We have a handful back. We just brought some in today. Where are they at, dear? They're right up here. If you want to get a window sticker for your car, uh, folks, let's get, let's get Victorious Life, the name everywhere. Uh, because when we get into our new facility, uh, we're going to kind of go nuts. Okay? So we need to, we need to uh, do that. Uh, get, get these and put them on your car. Okay, and and uh, just it's just a lot of fun. Uh, t- uh, Tuesday is the last day you can sign up for the Israel trip. So if you want to do that, be a part of it. This morning, if you have your notes in front of you, I I I work very hard 
to get those notes out to you because I don't want you just to listen in church. I want you to take your notes home. We put all of this on podcast. You can go to our podcast. You can download the notes that you have in your hand for free. You can download the message for free. Uh, every Sunday morning at 645 on CAF Radio, uh, AM and FM, and also on Radio Shine, we have a 15-minute radio program to where I'm preaching every Sunday morning at 645, so you can go there and listen to it. We are on eight different radio stations. How many know the, the mountain? is A mountain is a radio station? How many know the mountain? Lift your hand. What What is it? Is it classical rock or classic rock and roll or something like that? Is that classic rock? I like classic rock. I like classic country. I like classic Christian. I like classic. Maybe it's because I'm becoming classic. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're we're there, and and there was somebody the other day. I was I was out and about, and they they heard me talking, and they said, "You're you're you're the guy on the radio, aren't you?" And I thought they were going to talk about Big Talker or, or some other. We're on, we're on like eight different stations. And I put together 60-second sermons, 60-second sermons. And all through the day, you'll hear them playing on these different stations. But I also put together 30-second sermons. That's tough. You say, preacher, you can do anything in less than 45 minutes. But I also put together 15-second little ditties that I call Think About It. And this guy came up to me, and he said, Pastor, you have been making me think about a lot of things. Because every one of those little 15-second things just says simply, this is Pastor Tim Masters asking you to think about it. Folks, there's a lot to think about in life. There's a lot to think about. The decisions we make literally have eternal consequences. And I try my very best to get as much information out of these four walls as possible. That's why the Facebook thing, talk about it. Bob puts our link to our podcast and our website on Facebook all the time. We're going to start doing little video recordings uh, as soon as we can to uh, to uh, just get a little more stuff out there. So pray for us, pray for us, but listen, study, look yourself. I've been talking about vision these last three weeks, and today I want to conclude this part. We've got two more sessions in this series on a journey of hope, but I want to conclude this part. And the title is very simple. Having vision is seeing, listen to this, what most can't believe. The biggest problem with Christianity is it's very unbelievable. It's very unbelievable. How can you go through some of you go some of the things you go through and still be victorious? Still have a, a skip in your walk or a joy in your voice. So what I want to do today is I want to give you I'm going to give you basically four common things that I do that enables me to see the vision that God has placed in my life come to pass. And hopefully by God's grace you'll be able to put it on your shoes. And you'll be able to live the vision that God has placed in your life. There's something that I've learned a long time ago. There's a single thread that all those who saw God do great things in their life had in common. 
And that single thread is this very simple thing. They trusted God more than their circumstances. They trusted God more than their circumstances. I was listening to a man uh, many, many, many years ago talking to a friend of his. And it was really, I thought it was a great response. The the fellow asked him, hey, uh, hey, hey Steve, all you Steve, he's right here in front. So I say, hey, Steve, how you doing? And Steve said, well, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. And I loved the guy's response. He said, what are you doing under the circumstances? Get out of there and do something. You see, the greatest thing that a man or a woman of God can do is they can trust God more than their circumstances. Hebrews chapter 11 says these words. The fundamental, I'm reading out the message translation, uh, Eugene Peterson. Is, uh, you know, I like some of his stuff, some of his stuff. I'm thinking, eh, okay. But I liked what he said here. The fundamental fact of existence is that trusting in God, and then he put there, or faith, which is what faith is. Faith, trust, belief, they're all the same word in the scriptures. Trusting in God or faith, listen to this, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. And then he went on to say, faith is the key. It is the handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. The acts of faith, doing something about what you believe. Now, I want to take you into the, into the New Living Translation of Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Look what it says here. And I want you, in your notes, I want you to underline this first four words. Faith is the confidence. Faith and confidence is synonymous, ladies and gentlemen. When I say I have faith, that means I'm confident in what I'm believing. That's what faith is all about. That we hope that what we hope for will actually happen. It's the confident assurance about things that we can't see. So what kept those pioneers of the Christian faith strong and deliberate? They could see what others couldn't believe. They could see things. They knew God's promises. And they believed them. Because they saw them. They looked at God's word and they said, God did it for them. God's going to do it for me. Say that with me, please. God did it for them. God's going to do it for me. Now, come on, say it like you mean it. They did it for them. God's going to do it for me. Do it one more time. God did it for them. God's going to do it for me. Because God is not a respecter of person. In our Wednesday night class, we've been going through the book of Romans. And one of the things that I used many, many years ago, I don't see it as much anymore, but many years ago, there used to be a bumper sticker. And the bumper sticker said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. How many ever had that bumper sticker? How many have that bumper sticker? Maybe you do. I tell people all the time, you can scratch out the I believe it part. Because God said it, that settles it, whether we believe it or not. You see, the belief part is our problem. Because we can't figure it out, it's hard to believe. Because we can't see how it works, it's hard to believe. So scratch out the belief part and say, okay, God said it, that settles it. He did it for them, he's going to do it for me. Don't have a clue how. Are you with me today? 
See, this is what faith talks about. This is how a man or a woman begin to see what God has placed in their heart come to pass. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. The Bible says that God honors those who honor him. In Romans chapter 4, verse 17, he says that he is the God that speaks those things that are not as though they are. I watched a movie one time. Oh, I've watched it several times. One of my wife and I's favorite movies is called The Count of Monte Cristo. Maybe you've seen the movie, and it's the newer version with uh, the guy that played Jesus on The Passion was the main actor. And there's one scene in there where he is in prison, and he's he's going through stuff that he was wrongly accused of, but he's still going through it. And he told the old priest that happens to be in prison too, and he says the priest is talking to him about God, and and the priest told him, uh, said these words, or he was talking to uh, him about God, and the the uh, the other young man said to the priest, I don't believe in God. And listen to what he said. He said, but God believes in you. Look at me, look at me. God believes in you. And God has a plan so glorious for your life that he wants to help you fulfill that plan. He believes in you so much that 2,000 years ago he sent his son to die for you. To make a way where there was no way. God said, would you just simply trust me? I said it, that settles it. Well, my, my belief, later for your belief. God said it, that settles it. It did it for them. You guys better care. I'm going to have to start preaching here pretty soon. You did it for them. You're going to do it for me. Come on, you did it for them. You're going to do it for me. Come on, try. You did it for them. You're going to do it for me. You did it for them. I'm going to make you believe this pretty soon. You did it for them. You're going to do it for me. You did it for them. You're going to do it. God said it. That settles it. I don't care if I can figure it out. Folks, this is why I stand behind this pulpit. I've been pastoring almost 35 years, and I still can't figure you out. Let alone God. People do some of the strangest things. Look at somebody and said, now he's going to get personal, isn't he? People do some of the strangest things, and I can't figure them out. Do you know people do wrong even when they know it's wrong? I've had people come up to me and say, well, I'm going to go move in with somebody, and I'm going to start living in sin. Oh, I know it's wrong, but God understands. Stupid says what? Are you laughing at me? Come on now. God said it. That settles it. If he did it for them. Uh, Pastor, I think they might get this. I'm trying to, Hensley. I'm trying to. Look what Proverbs says. Where there is no vision, when there is no revelation, what is the revelation? The revelation is very simply God showing you what he wants to do in your life. Where there is no vision, people 
perish. The translation that I'm using up there, they cast off restraint. In other words, they don't focus themselves on what they're supposed to be doing. Why? Because they don't know God. They don't dedicate themselves to the things of God. Your pastor stands here before you because that's all I've done for the last 35 years is I've focused myself on what God is trying to do in my life and through me to other people's lives. You see, I had to do this. I had to see the unseen before I could ever do the undone. I have to see the things that I haven't seen to see the things that I yet need to see. I define vision very simply as the ability to see something that's yet unseen, to have an awareness of what others can't even comprehend, and to know that there is more going on than what is going on. See, here's the issue with too many people. They can't see the obvious because they won't believe in the miraculous. They can't see the obvious because they've never believed in the miraculous. And if you can't believe in the miraculous, you will never see the obvious. People say, well, pastor, show me a sign and I'll believe. But God says, no, if you just believe, I'll show you a sign. It's been said. There's a journal in Great Britain. I haven't seen it. But during the Revolutionary War, there was a journal. And in that journal... In Britain, there was an entry marked July 4th, 1776. And the entry very simply says, nothing happened today. How many know something happened July 4th, 1776? But can I tell you something? Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. America could see what Britain couldn't and won. There's a difference. If you want to see your vision come to pass, you've got to begin to see it. You've got to begin to say, God has done something. I'm going to step into it. We talked about those things last week. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 to 27. And I want you to underline this. It says, because Moses had faith. Underline that in your notes. Because Moses had faith. Come on, say it with me. Because Moses had faith. Say it again, because Moses had faith. Did it say anything because Moses had power, because Moses had money, because Moses had ability, because Moses had talent, because Moses could speak, because Moses fill in the blank? No, it says because Moses had faith, he said, I'm not going to be Pharaoh's daughter anymore or daughter's son anymore. I'm not going to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter anymore. I'm going to suffer with God's people. I'm not going to have pleasure in doing sinful things. And then he goes on to say, and the shame that he suffered for Christ, he felt was more worth than all the riches of Egypt. But then I want you to underline these next six words. He kept his eyes on the reward. He kept his eyes on the reward. That God was going to give him. And because of Moses' faith. Underline that line. First off, because Moses had faith. Now it's because of that faith. 
He didn't fear anything. Oh, you got to get that. He didn't fear anything. He wasn't afraid of the king. He wasn't afraid of the anger. He wasn't afraid of the people. Why? Because Moses had faith. Because of that faith, he let nothing stop him. And look what it says, the last line. Because Moses did, because Moses had faith, he didn't turn from the right way of kept, because he kept seeing that God was right in front of him. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to do what God has said, you got to stop all the distractions. You got to get your eyes off of what everybody said, that he said, we said, they said, Said, guys, what about what God said? Moses was able to do all he did because he was able to see who and what others didn't. And he chose to reject what everybody said and believe what God said. God said it, that settles it. God said it, that settles it. Remember those 10 spies, they went into the promised land and they came back. You can find this recorded in Numbers chapter 13. The 10 spies went in there and they came back out and Joshua and Caleb was with them. And uh, uh, they came out and all the spies were saying, well, there's giants in the land. Oh, there's this, there's that and the other thing. But Joshua and Caleb were wringing their hands saying, oh, but I can see God in there. I can see promise. I can see grapes the size of cantaloupes. I can see rivers flowing like milk and honey. Oh, it was just exciting. Think about it for a second. The 10 spies said, yeah, but, but there's giants. And look what they said. In our eyes. He didn't say in the giant's eyes. He said in our eyes were but grasshoppers. Can I tell you something? If you see yourself as a grasshopper, you better wait for something to come and squish you because that's all that's going to happen. But I tell you, I've seen giants. And when I see giants, I'm a bigger ball than them giants. And I'm a taking down what's ever rising up. Why? Because God said it, that settles it. Okay, I'll calm down. Too many of us believe too much. That isn't God. Those 10 spies came back and said, you know, I don't know. But Joshua and Caleb, now think about it. They come back and said, we can take it. We can take the land, Moses. You see, God wouldn't told us to go into the land if he didn't think we could take the land. God believes in you. He wouldn't have burned that thing in your heart if he didn't think you could do it. Now, whether you would do it is another story. God's plan's always done. God's will's not always done. God's will has to do with your will. And God won't violate your will. Well, God, there's giants, and we're just like grasshoppers. Okay, well, I got to go find some giant grasshopper stompers. Because I got a land to take. Now, think about it. 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 Caleb. He's standing there with Josh. And Caleb said, you know, Moses, while I was in there, I saw this mountain. Can I have it? 
Now understand, it's the place where the people of Bashan lived. Say, who are the people of Bashan? They had a nephew in their family named Goliath. You got some giants in your land? You got some giants you're dealing with? Big old problems? God said they're just like grasshopper. I'll crush them. But I need you to do it. Joshua and Caleb came back, and Caleb's 85 years old. This kind of adds a little bit to it. He's 85 years old. And he said, you know, I saw that mountain, Josh. Oh, I know Goliath and his family lives there. No big deal. Can I have it? You know what they said about Caleb? He had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. You see, Caleb believed. God said it. God said, go and take the land. That settles it. It's mine. Because God wouldn't ever tell me to take something that he didn't want me to have. Oh, man. I don't think you're getting this. God would never tell you to take something that he didn't plan to give you. Oh, yeah, there might be a few bumps. Well, that's a big bump, Goliath. Yes, right. He was a big bump laying on the ground when a little bitty shepherd boy brought him down with a stinking rock. You see, it's not an issue for God. All God needs is somebody to say, okay, God, you said it. That settles it. Am I making any sense today? Man, this is good preaching. I'm glad I came today. I'm getting stirred up. I might just do something. Can I tell you about people? Now, I'm not going to talk about the person sitting in your chair. That's your choice. But I might. I've been known to step on a toe or two at a time. That's why I always encourage you, wear steel toes to church. Steel-toed shoes. Can I tell you something? There's a lot of people that talk bad about what God's doing. Jesus was instructing his followers to not doubt, but to believe. You see, the doubt comes in between the God said it and that settles it. Because the devil wants to emphasize, you can't do this. You know when the devil tells me that, you know what I do with him? I agree with him. You're right, devil, I can't. But Jesus who lives in me, through me, can. I don't think you're getting that. I agree with it. See, too many of us are fighting with the devil. I love it. It was John Wesley or Martin Luther. I don't remember who the heck it was, one of them. They were laying in bed one night, and, and it, I know Martin Luther was dealing with all kinds of dreams and visions and this and that. And, and, and it was one of those guys who were laying in bed one night and, and was woken up by this most, this most hideous feeling and, and presence. And the stories, you can read it out there, uh, the story said that he got up, set up in his bed, and the devil himself was in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't deal with the devil. We deal with his little demons. They made a movie out of it. It's called Minions. 
Well, that's another name for demons is minions. I don't know if it's a good show or not. But anyway, we deal with those things. But when the devil shows up, that means he don't like what you're doing. And nothing else has been able to deter you. Well, he shows up with Martin Luther or John Wesley, either one of them it could have been. Because they were really doing damage in his kingdom. And you know what? The story is told that he got up, looked right at the devil, and said, Oh, it's only you. Turned over and went back to sleep. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, come on, come on. If God said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, why don't you believe it? It's already settled in eternity. And the devil knows that. But if he can keep you doubting, Jesus was telling his followers, don't doubt, just believe. See, Jesus knew then what we must know now. If we're going to do what God has called us to do, we have to trust God and not doubt no matter what. In Mark chapter 5, and I'm going to wrap this up this morning. Are you all okay if I take this in the next week? Would that be okay with you? I have to or I'm going to keep you real late and you're going to miss lunch. Okay, the hungry people are saying next week. Okay. Okay. Derek says they got to go play ball. Or which, which one are you? Dustin. I can't get your boy straight. Oh, he's the one that eats. Okay. So he's the one that's shouting next week. Isn't it amazing? Dustin is as thin as a rail. He can walk behind a toothpick, take five seconds to walk out the other side. But he eats like a horse. Yep. Oh, Derek does that too? Oh. I don't know why I said that doesn't have anything to do with my sermon, but that's good. Jesus was talking to a man named Jairus. And look what he said in Mark 5, 36. He said, Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. I was telling you the problem that we have with people was the same thing Jairus was dealing with. And they were all around Jesus and Jairus at the time, mocking him because Jesus told them, don't worry, she's just sleeping. Everything's fine. And they started mocking. And you know what Jesus did? I'm back in your notes right after Mark 5. He ignored what the people were saying, and he ignored the situation. Can I tell you something? You're going to be surrounded by people that sometimes you're just going to have to turn around and walk away because they're not going to see what you see, and therefore they're not going to believe what you believe because they don't understand that you know that God said it, and that settles it, and that's all that needs to be done. You and I must ignore those who say it's too late or you can't. Let me say it again. You and I must ignore those who say it's too late or you can't. 
disregard the ones who say you will never amount to a thing. Listen to me. Somebody needs to hear this. Disregard the ones that say, oh, it's just what it is and you're never going to amount to anything. Ladies and gentlemen, today, right now, you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. The Bible says today is the day for your victory. You got to learn to turn a deaf ear to those that say you're not smart enough. You're not fast enough. You're not tall enough. You're not strong enough. You got to sit down and say enough. Ignore them. You know what faith has to do? Faith sometimes has to begin stuffing your ears with cotton. Christians have to do this. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. You said it, God. Help us to know. God, I don't care what it is. 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 I'm going to believe even when my belief is weak. I'm going to believe even when I need your help with my unbelief. I'm going to believe. I believe God that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen to me, people, as I pray. I believe, God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe that you're not going to let me ever go through anything that I can't handle. God, you're not going to necessarily keep me from it. But God, just like the three Hebrew children, you're going to jump in the fire in the midst of it and go right with me. God, help me to understand like David, I might walk through the valley. But God, I'm only walking through. I'm not building a tent in. I'm not building a house. I'm walking through that puppy. And God, every valley is surrounded on both ends by mountaintops. God, there's a mountaintop of victory because you believe in me. And God, it's only a shadow of death. It's only a shadow of situation. It's only a shadow of circumstance. God, I understand the darker the shadow, the brighter the light. God, it simply means you're preparing to burn through. But God, I've got to trust that you did it for them. You're going to do it for me. You did it for them. You're going to do it for me. Steve, that's the word of God for you. Mr. Bergeron, that's God's word for you. God did it for them. He's going to do it for you. He did it for them. He's going to do it for you. The devil come in and robbed them blind. I want you to hear me. God's preparing to turn it back. God's preparing to turn it back. God's preparing to turn it back. And I'm not talking about years from now. I'm talking about days from now. You're going to see something. God God wouldn't let me. Let me go of it. You watch. You watch. He did it for them. He'll do it. I don't care if you have to go fishing and pull a bunch of gold out of fish's mouth. Whatever it is. Mm. Church, church, look at me.
Look at me. God's not the problem. And I want to give your biggest escape, no escape, because the devil's not the problem either. It's that little thing we call belief. Why is God going to do something for me? He's not going to do for Carlos. Why is he going to do something for me? He's not going to do for Dan. Folks, if I sat down and told you some of the things that God has done in my life and the provisions God has given me, you'd sit back and say, ah, oh, you're, no, that's just, that's just unbelievable. You're right. Amen. But God said it. It's just going to be a bad memory, but it's going to be over soon. Just going to be a bad memory, but even that God's going to wash away. You're not listening. I know you're saying amen. He's going to wash it away. You know what he says about the enemy? He's going to make it as if it doesn't even exist. I'm talking over your shoulder, my friend. He's going to make it as if it didn't even exist. You gotta understand. It's very good to see you. You gotta understand. The devil can't stop you. All he can do is confuse you. It's your choice there, young Mr. Bergeron. It's your choice. Either I believe what God said, uh, but I'm I'm trying. Then just take it for face value. God, you did it for them. You're going to do it for me. You got to. You see, it's not rocket science, folks. It's not rocket science. God's not sitting back there with a big old club saying, okay, you've done something stupid. Now you're going to pay for it for 10 years. Oh, my gosh, I'd been dead years ago. God said, if we'll confess, he'll forgive. Let me just say it a little hard. If you'll just shut up, he'll fix up. What do you mean shut up? Sometimes we confess ourselves into the mully grubs. Oh, poor pitiful me. Ladies and gentlemen, my goodness, I get around people. said this doesn't affect anybody in your chair it's probably somebody else but if God said it why are we saying something else oh you're you're one of those faith preachers what the heck you want me to be one of those defeat preachers oh you're one of those prosperity preachers you may be a poverty preacher you see, you know what I am? I'm a Word of God preacher, and the Word of God says, by faith, I can do all things. By faith, God is the provider of all things. So if it's okay with you, I will believe He said it. Amen. That settles it. What about you? What about you? Don't worry, Dustin. I'm getting there. I know your stomach's growling. Derek, don't worry.
about you? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Remember what we read there? Put, put, put that back up on the screen, would you? Bob, that 11, 1 and 2. Look, look at this. This is the message. Faith is the fundamental fact of existence that I'm trusting God. Faith is the firm foundation of everything that makes life worth living. But listen to this. It's the handle. It is the very essence of where I stand on the things I can't see. And when I act on that faith, I'll begin to see what I believed. Folks, I know where you're at. I can tell you stories about where I've been. I can tell you where, what I'm going through right now. But you know, what I say doesn't matter. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Oh, I'll just tell it to you in Hebrews chapter 4. It says that we have a high priest who has passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to that profession of our faith. For we do not have a high priest who has passed into the heavens that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, our struggles, our troubles, our difficulties. But in every area was tested as we are, tempted as we are, struggled as we are, yet he did it without sin. Well, it sounds all great and fine and dandy. Well, let me tell you the rest of it. He said, because of that, we can come to him boldly to find grace and help in our time of need. Do you have a time of need? I just want to open these altars just for a second. What song are we singing? I just want to open these altars real quick. Okay. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. I just want to say, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe you're dealing with something. Maybe your heart's not even right with God. Whatever the case is, today's the day. God said he made a way where there was no way. He said it. That settles it. God said he was going to open a door where there was no door. God said it. That settles it. God said he's going to close the door. You might have been wondering which way to go, which way to have. God, you've been going through this same door and it's been, oh man, what the heck's going on? God said, I'm going to close that door right in your face. So you realize that's the wrong way. These altars are open. Ladies and gentlemen, until we start believing what God said, it's not going to make a difference. You say, oh, pastors, I just got so many doubts. Doubt's fine. I believe doubt's a part of faith. It means you're trying to believe. Well, what if I just can't grab a hold of it? Then just look at what God said and stand on that. We call it amazing grace, don't we? We call it amazing grace, don't we? Amazing grace. It might be business. It might be personal. It might be physical. It might be financial. It might be emotional. It might be mental. It might be social. It might be things you're dealing with with your jobs or different folks. It makes no difference. 
God said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. God said, you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. God said, the victory is yours because the battle is mine. God said it. That settles it. Amen. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast. We'll be right back.